John Talk Telecom with Andy Netzel and John Rewe. All right, you're now logged into Andy and John Talk Telecom. I am Andy Netzel. I'm John Rewe. John, how uh, how do you find how does today find you? Man, it finds me good. Finds me uh, out of the home office, so not the usual setup here, but hopefully we can manage. How's your uh, weekend shaping up? Pretty good. Pretty good. Can't. Uh... Can't complain about the weather. It's hot. It's humid. I love it. And uh, summer is in full swing. Um, and a lot of news in the telecom world. Yeah, always. But especially now, um, this GAO report that got released in May um, was something that definitely got our attention. Um, <laughs> really sort of validated a lot of the stuff we've been talking about with regard to federal funding. And uh, yeah, we decided uh, we got we to gotta dive into this a little bit, right? Yeah. You ready to dive in? Let's do it. John, as you mentioned in the intro, uh, the GAO report, uh, GAO being uh, the United States Government Accountability Office, the GAO uh, came out with a report to uh, Congress who, who requested it. And the report's called Broadband, National Strategy Needed to Guide Federal Efforts to Reduce Digital Divide. Uh, this is something we've been talking about for quite some time now, as the, the federal government has been, and state governments, have been pumping money into uh, the telecom industry to uh, bridge the digital divide. Um, some of the things that they, they've talked about in this report are things that we, um, you know, we've been talking about, how COVID-19 has shown really the need to, to bring broadband to all and to maybe raise the um, benchmark for broadband in, in terms of speeds. Uh, so yeah, there's there is a lot of information. I think it was a I'm trying to pull it up here. A seventy-four, yeah, seventy-four page report um, mm-hmm. that the GAO gave to to Congress. Uh, so yeah, I mean, just kind of broad strokes here. What'd you think about it? Yeah, there's a lot in here, um, and I think what it the mere existence of the report um, kind of speaks to what we've said where there's a lot of different federal funding uh, opportunities out there for expanding rural broadband, for bridging the digital divide. And they seem like they are disjointed, possibly overlapping. And we've definitely heard from some stakeholders uh, saying, Hey, there's some waste going on here. And, and, you know, we've seen a lot of different pieces of it, but this report's pretty cool because it puts a lot of the data together in one spot and illustrates exactly what's going on. Uh, well, not exactly, but I think does a pretty good job of, of summarizing it. And, and I think the fact that the report was requested is positive because it shows that uh, legislators um, realize that uh, we are possibly not spending our uh, federal funds in the most efficient way. And uh, there's probably a lot of waste and we're probably not um, approaching our goals as quickly as we'd like to as a result. I, I think... Um, So I think um, obviously one of the things that's brought us to the fore is COVID-19 and all of the things we've talked about with, um, you know, work from home, education, um, telehealth, all these things. So, and really the president having a goal of universal broadband access by 2030. Um, 
so anyway, this report goes over the fragmentation overlap and uh, really all the different things that different agencies are doing. And I think just the punchline here is 100, I think it's 133 different programs administered by 15 different agencies. It's insane. It's a lot, yeah. A lot of programs, a lot of different agencies. It would be hard to, um, you know, kind of streamline that and bring everybody under one umbrella and have one strategy. But um, the alternative is kind of what we have now is this, this fragmentation that you're talking about. Yeah. And I think this report kind of um, goes into a little bit of detail of like, what are some of the opportunities to do better and what are some of the constraints and, and um, you know, limitations that make it difficult for these. Um, but thankfully they've also put together um, some, some use or, or some examples of, of where this has occurred, where uh, competing funds have gone in the same area, but I want to kind of go back to um, some more stats. Um, you know, they also kind of called out the FCC for not necessarily accurately representing um, how well um, rural Americans and uh, really just underserved generally, um, exactly the extent of the uh, limitations of connectivity there. So the FCC it, data says that 17% of rural America lacks access to 25-3 internet compared to 1% of urban population. So we know it's definitely a primarily a rural problem, but not only a rural problem. There are um, certainly uh, financially disadvantaged in the city that can't be overlooked as well in urban areas. Um, but the GAO report says that FCC overstates access because they believe that 25-3, uh, you know, 25 megabits down, three up, uh, is probably insufficient for contemporary work from home, telehealth, and uh, especially for rural community development, small business needs. Um, so there's analyses created outside of government um, that, uh, according to this report, says that about 42% of rural America does not have access to sufficient internet service. And that's um, after, after, so between 2015 and 2020, I'm sure you know because you've read it, but mm -hmm. can you guess how, um, how much federal investment in terms of dollars went into uh, you know, expanding broadband for everybody just in those five years? Yeah, so um, if you didn't hadn't read this report or you weren't in the know, you might be shocked to find that it was forty billion dollars had been spent from twenty fifteen to twenty twenty. Forty um, billion, and we're still 40, there's still millions of Americans that, that lack simple broadband. Yeah, and I think to be fair, you know, not all of the forty billion has gone into building fiber to every. Um, school and home in rural America or toward that a lot of it's gone to um, kind of just improving existing communications in schools like say within a school you want to do a network where you have wi-fi deployments in there or or you want to add some computers to the library so that more people can go to the library and use computers or um, digital literacy classes so there's there's different components from these different programs um, you know that that took up some of that $40 billion. But again, it would seem we don't have a ton to show for it. No, no. And um, I mean, it's, it's getting better, right? But uh, sure. just, just when you see, you get a little bit of sticker shock when you see $44 billion and you then, you know, in the next breath you hear millions of Americans, I think you said something like 40% in rural communities, you know, still lack broadband. Um, and I think it's just something that um, at least myself personally <laughs> takes for granted um, I know you lived uh, in uh, 
in a rural area for a bit and had some connectivity issues. Uh, but yeah, it just, it just continues to, to blow my mind, uh, for, you know, what I take for granted for at least at the minimum broadband access and connectivity. Sure. Um, you know, I think in the city, we expect that we should be able to get at least 300 megs for 50 bucks a month or less. Yeah. Does that sound right? That's fair. Yeah. Um, and in rural America, I mean, even in the place where I moved from a couple of years ago, um, I probably would have been able to get, um, I think even today, um, all that's available there is, um, a LTE hotspot, or you could get fixed wireless that was like burstable to 10 megs download, one meg upload. Um, and their towers were pretty oversaturated. And I think the pricing was well above 50 bucks a month. So, and that kind of leads me to another stat um, where um, the report says that where 25 three internet is available, adoption is only 70%. And um, what do they mean by main that? So if in areas where you can get 25, three internet, mm -hmm. only 70% of customers are taking it. Actually, so it's a take rate then. Okay. Yeah. So 30% of people, even though it's available, aren't taking it. And there's two reasons, two main reasons they point out. One is uh, digital literacy. Um, you know, people that just be, don't understand how to make it work, or I guess maybe don't have all, I mean, they're not used to having, you know, two iPhones and two iPads and, several streaming devices in their home. So, you know, if they grew up in, on the farm, they're not used to having those things. So maybe they don't know what they're missing or don't know that they want to expand to that or, or what that world looks like. Um, so maybe they don't even see that they're missing out. And then the other big one is cost. So again, in many of these cases, you know, you're not getting 300 meg internet for, you know, 50 bucks a month. You're getting, you know, I guess, 25 three or something close to it for you know you could be paying a hundred dollars a month or or even you know in some communities fifty dollars a month may be um unaffordable and certainly there are programs out there to help subsidize that but it's it's still um you know either they don't know about it or it's not available so there's still definitely a big gap there uh that needs to be filled and and uh and that's kind of what this report is about. What are we doing to get there? And, uh, you know, what are some of the limitations? Yeah. And, you know, the report also mentions all these, you know, different agencies that are out there giving money, right? And one of them being the, the National Telecommunications and Information Administration, the NTIA. Um, and the, the GAO report says they led an interagency group uh, that reviewed, you know, differing program definitions. However, they did not identify which, you know, provisions limit alignment. They didn't recommend any changes. Uh, and they were responsible for coordinating telecommunications matters across the executive branch. Uh, and in 2020, apparently gained um, uh, additional responsibilities for improving broadband coordination. Uh, so, you know, the, the report kind of calls out the NTIA saying, hey, you know, you, this group was responsible or should have been responsible for coordinating all these programs, and it's still kind of a mess. Um, so they go on to say, and, and after... After 2020 and 2021, the executive office of the president through the National Economic Council um, and, and in collaboration with other White House offices took the lead for coordinating broad, broadband programs. So, you know, after that $44 billion was spent in the five year period between 2015 and 2020, in 2021, um, you know, the executive branch kind of looked at it, it appears, and kind of said, all right, you know, enough is enough. There needs to be some sort of 
overall strategy. Um, they took the lead for coordinating broad broadband programs, uh, but you know they did not decide if a national strategy was needed. Uh, and the GAO report here is is just saying like, look, the executive office is well positioned uh, to develop and implement a national strategy. Let's let's get one done to. Uh, better coordinate and, and gain efficiencies in rolling out broadband uh, across America and how we how we spend these federal funds to bridge the digital divide. Uh, so I mean, it's I wouldn't call it you know the report overall scathing, um, but it wasn't. A, it did not paint a, a rosy picture for you know any really any government agency involved in rolling out these programs. Yeah, it, that's pretty much true. I think they definitely said, look, there's some huge missed opportunities with the NTIA being in a position as a, a falling under the executive branch to um, kind of quarterback some of these efforts. And, uh, you know, that's not necessarily being done. They, in kind of the discussion about the um, uh, talk, the way that some of these agencies like uh, RUS and FCC, USDA are working together, um, you know, it said that there's been some evidence that there's coordination between FCC and RUS um, since 2014, but um, but not like it's been a really strong, you know, uh, sort of uh, give and take. Um, and then in June 2021, in response to a requirement from the Consolidated Appropriations Act uh, 2021, the FCC, USDA, and NTIA signed a memorandum of agreement to share data on their broadband deployment funding programs in order to coordinate their respective distribution of funds. Um, and the, uh, I guess this report says that one of the staffers said that they meet weekly. So, you know, hopefully that is improving coordination, but <clears throat> another place where I think that they kind of called out the NTIA a little bit was with their, uh, broadband USA funding guide, which you can go to the broadband USA, uh, website and kind of take a look at that. They have the broadband maps um, and um, kind of a summary of all the different programs, but um, the, uh, the report kind of solicited uh, feedback from stakeholders that used the Broadband USA Funding Guide. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of them said that it is confusing and overwhelming. Challenge, so, I think was the word I saw many times. Yeah. Yeah, there's very low marks for this tool. Um, and even the latest edition isn't really any better. Um, and I thought this was particularly interesting. I'll, I'll quote this. Um, and I guess that, you know, they're calling out the, this, uh, this tool, which should be a guidebook for not only for communities trying to determine what kind of funding to go for, uh, potential providers, and then also um, the consultants that work in that space to try to help um, uh, applicants navigate um, these applications to figure out which is the best program to go after. Um, yeah, they just said that it, it wasn't helpful um, and that the, you know, that the guide was, was kind of a joke. And so um, this quote is that specifically the 21st Century Integrated um, Digital Experience Act, I did not know that that act existed, requires agencies to operate websites around users' needs and the OMB, uh, Office of Management and Budget Guidance, states that agencies should test websites to ensure that user needs are addressed. Further, digital services leading practices for federal agencies suggest working to understand what people need, including rarely testing a digital service with users as it's being built. Um, 
In general, the NTIA officials told us that they are limited in conducting broad surveys of users due to restrictions from the Paperwork Reduction Act. So somehow they're pointing out the Paperwork Reduction Act as limiting their ability to solicit user feedback on building a website that mm-hmm. actual customers can use, which seems, I don't know, that seems kind of silly to me. Uh, it seems like there are plenty of, uh, can they not send out survey monkeys? But um, anyways, you know, I, I just, there are, you know, the report, the GAO says there's many ways to solicit stakeholder experience, um, feedback under the act and without regularly obtaining address and addressing user input, the guide, this broadband USA funding guide will likely continue to have limited usefulness. And uh, as a result, communities lacking broadband and other program applicants will continue to struggle to uh, getting funding to help them uh, close the digital divide. So, you know, that that definitely pointed out, like, this is your one-stop shop. This guide is your one-stop shop to see where all the programs are, what's available. And that is the resource that pretty much everyone has available to them and it's, and it's insufficient. So, you know, that's clearly another barrier to um, progress in uh, actually getting these funds where they need to go. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, uh... There needs to be a guide um, to help these communities, providers, whoever, to, to access these funds, right? It shouldn't take a, the hiring of a consulting firm to navigate through the, the muddy water, the obstacles and difficulties of, of you know, a federal funding program, um, you know, especially with the, the technology that's available today. Uh, you know, someone should be able to make a gee whiz, you know, walk through guide step by step on how to apply for these fundings and who's, um, who is... Uh, eligible and and all of that should be should definitely be easier than than all of that but so yeah, well, yeah. when the when the i i don't i haven't verified this someone told me the other day that as of 2019 the um u.s military's uh nuclear missile uh systems uh, mm-hmm. still operated on floppy disks so if <laughs> bring back so, the drive man bring back those b disks yeah. floppy yeah uh-huh. That's awesome, man. That, that, can't I had, that can't be true, but uh, I mean, maybe he said 2019 because they upgraded them. But maybe. still, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to argue that the U.S. or the federal government of the United States has uh, fully deployed the most state-of-the-art uh, technology uh, in in many of these cases. Sure, um, I, I won't. So yeah, there's there's gains to be had for sure. I think for sure there there's definitely gains to be had, and uh, overall the. Uh, the GAO uh, in their report uh, made these recommendations and I'll just read them verbatim that one that the NTIA, again, that's the national telecommunications and information administration, the NTIA identify key statutory limitations to program alignment and develop legislative proposals as appropriate. And two, that the executive office of the president develop and implement a national broadband strategy. Right. And that's what it all boils down to is there needs to be one national broadband strategy for bridging the digital divide and that the NTA um, should identify what um, limitations there are, there are within our laws, within our statutes that are providing or, or that are um, not providing, but that are um, not allowing a, a national strategy and not allowing really, for lack of a better term, this to be easier for providers. Uh, so those are their two overall recommendations to, uh, and they wrote this to the uh, the Senate Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation. Uh, so, you know, TBD remains to be seen. Uh, what is going to be done by Congress if, uh, you know, they want to gain some efficiencies and streamline this? And 
kind of push the White House to make a national strategy or if we're still going to have a, a haphazard, um, you know, a non-centralized, you know, come at this, you know, 40 different ways type of uh, uh, type of program. Yeah, I mean, you know, the word that they used was a uh, fragmented overlapping patchwork of dollars. And, you know, if 44 billion was invested from 2015 to 2020, that's a lot. We have, um, what, 65 billion in the infrastructure uh, bill that's appropriated for, uh, or uh, kind of uh, siloed out for telecom uh, expansion. And if we're gonna get something out of that, clearly there has to be some strategy. Um, and yeah, hopefully this report will um, nudge the NTIA into taking a little more of a stronger uh, responsibility to lead these and, and identify where, you know, statutes need to be changed. If there's legislation that's needed to um, kind of um, align all these different streams of funding. Yeah, let's let's put the money to work and uh, work, work smarter, not harder, right? Yeah. And I would just say one other thing, too. Like, there was an example that they provided um, where... Um, FCC, uh, well, like CAF two funds and um, uh, and another program both went into the same area. But one of the problems that they identified was that one award was in 2015, and the provider started that one started building it out, and then a different program, RUS, um, put in money in that same area in 2018, and so that provider started building it and there was overlapping service areas uh, that were both funded by the same pro uh, both funded with federal money, but two separate programs. And sure. also one was a, a 10 megabit per second download, one megabit upload, and one was a 25, three uh, standard. So, you know, there was um, a lot of different um, <laughs> parameters to the two pro programs, but they both got a word in the same area. And things got overbuilt, but at different levels of service. And, it, you know, it's clear to me there that, you know, the second award didn't take into account what was happening with the first award. Um, and really, if you're saying, oh, well, we did, we said 10-1 was good in 2015, and now we have 25-1. I mean, maybe we just need to also be a little more future thinking with what some of the standards are for uh, service levels so that we're not saying, oh, we're just incrementally expanding it. So every two years, if some new, we raise it from 25.3 to now 101 and the next now all of a sudden it's underserved but we just gave money to build it because it was underserved at you know 10.1 or whatever so I think we probably need to get a little more um, futuristic about what the speed standards are so they'll have a little more staying power they'll age better future proof it right and that's you know whether that's the NEC or whether the NTAA whoever the broadband rollout czar is going to be you know that's something they need to decide is Hey, let's just, oh. let's just make it 50, 15 and uh, future proof it for the next couple decades. Um, do you think that uh, the president will appoint a broadband czar? I mean, it couldn't hurt, right, to have a point of contact to coordinate all of the efforts. When, when there's, you know, a dozen different agencies trying to coordinate efforts, they're never all going to come to an agreement. It's never going to be smooth, right? But if you have a smaller centralized, um, you know, decision maker, uh, you know, I think that who would, who would spearhead that, I think that can make things smoother, but whether it'll be done, you know, who knows people, people don't like the, the word czar. People don't like centralized bureaucracy. So, um, you know, it's all a give and take. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just, uh, wrapping up a really long podcast series about, uh, the Russian revolution and, uh, 
you know, uh, talking about the czars, I can see why, you know, maybe that's not the best word for it. Like people yeah. may want <laughs> Yeah, we'll come. We'll find a different word though. But the the, uh, the principle remains the same. Sure, the song remains the same. So we'll be right back to uh, to wrap this up. Uh, you're listening to Andy and John Talk Telecom. All right, you're back with Andy and John Talk Telecom. We're going to wrap this episode up. Thank you as always for listening to our uh, our discussions about uh, the GAO report on the uh, broadband rollout and bridging uh, the digital divide. Um, as always, listen to us on uh, Amazon Audible, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you want to watch us. Uh, we, we surely appreciate it, and we hope that uh, this is educational for, uh, for all that listen. Absolutely. Check it out. Tell your friends, and thanks for listening. That's right. That's right. Well, John, enjoy uh, your weekend. Uh, hope to see you soon. And if not, well, then we'll just get together and record another podcast soon. Sounds good, Andy. Have a good weekend. We'll talk soon. All right. You're now logged off. Andy and John talk telecom.